Archdiocese of Sioux Falls Office of Adult Faith Formation, this is the Prairie Rome Companion with Dr. Chris Bergwald. Hello and welcome to the Prairie Rome Companion. I am Dr. Chris Bergwald and this is episode three of the Prairie Rome Companion. And today we are going to be uh, finishing a topic that we introduced last time or began last time, answering the question, why be Catholic? And before I recap what we talked about last time, just a couple of uh, logistics items, uh, so to speak, that I want to address. Uh, First of all, what I'm going to be doing, especially over the next several episodes, uh, well into the new year, over the next several months, is giving basically one, maybe two-part presentations Uh, In other words, devoting one episode, maybe two episodes, to a particular topic. Now, that does not mean that we won't ever come back and address those topics again. Uh, My my thought and my intention here for the first uh, half a year to a year is just uh, give shorter introductions into a number of different topics. And then as we continue with Prayer Room Companion, I'll give longer, more extended treatments of some issues. And we might start doing that within the first year. Uh, but by and large, the, fir- the episodes in the first year are going to be uh, one or two part episode, or one or two part topics. So each episode or every two episodes will be devoted to one topic. And then maybe down the road, uh, we'll move more towards longer part uh presentations where we devote multiple episodes to a particular doctrine or a particular topic. That's the, that's the intention at this point at least, and we'll see how things progress as, as time moves along. Uh, also, uh, just in terms of topics, the hope at some point is that we'll have the upcoming topics available on the website. Uh, it, it's not, they aren't there yet, uh, but they will be at some point in the future. I'm starting just to, to schedule the topics that are going to be coming up um, over the next several weeks and months, and uh, once I'm, I'm comfortable with where things is at, um, I'll, I'll try to get, on, get, get that online at our diocesan website, which again is www.sfcatholic.org, uh, and, and you'll be able to, to find the, the links there from the Adult Faith Formation um, homepage to the, the past archives or the past episodes and upcoming topics for Prairie Rome Companion. Uh, the next uh, episode will be sort of a continuation, uh, at least thematically, of these episodes two and three. I'm going to be looking at uh, what it means to be Catholic, specifically how being Catholic is a 24-7 job, so to speak. If you could see me, I'd be putting job in quotes, uh, because obviously being Catholic is not a job, but we're going to be talking about how that is a... Uh, being Catholic is not something that you just do on Sunday morning. Uh, it's something that involves every moment of our existence. So that's what we'll be looking at next week and, and maybe uh, episode four, or excuse me, episode uh, five as well. We'll see how far we get next week. Uh, as I've, I've been talking about next week, the, like my hope is also that we'll, I'll be able to, do, to produce these uh, episodes for the Pray Room Companion podcast on a weekly basis and hopefully have the new episodes up by uh, Friday. Uh, that won't always be the case, but we'll just see how things go uh, with production. And I'll try to let you know if, if we're going to be taking a week off from time to time, just so you're aware of, of where things are at. Uh, 
Now, again, back to the topic from last week and, and, and this week from episode two and now uh, that we're looking at with episode three. Why be Catholic? Uh, last time, if you listened to that podcast from episode two, you will know that we talked about, began with just sort of an introduction on the, the various options that are open to us, especially in a country like the United, the United States where we do have religious freedom. Uh, you can join any church or any religion that you'd like. So why the Catholic Church? Why should somebody who's Catholic stay Catholic? Or why should somebody who's not Catholic consider becoming Catholic? And we continue by looking at some uh, what I called inadequate answers or insufficient answers to that question, why be Catholic? Things like, uh, for instance, uh, well, my spouse is Catholic, or I love the beauty of the church's artistic heritage, or I was raised Catholic. Talked about how those things, Answers have truth in them, but they are insufficient. And then we looked at how ultimately the answer why be Catholic is because it's true. The Catholic Church is the church which Jesus Christ established. Um, and because of that, that's why you should be Catholic. Uh, and, and I included there sort of a, a brief apologetic, a brief explanation of how we know the Catholic Church is the the church which Jesus established. And I also mentioned how when we stay, say that the Catholic Church is the true church, that means it has the fullness of truth and means of salvation. That how it doesn't mean that everybody else is completely wrong and has no truth whatsoever. Again, as I mentioned, uh, especially fellow Christians, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, have a great deal of truth. Uh, they recognize uh, Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior, as the second person of the Trinity, uh, who became man in the incarnation, died and rose again in the resurrection. Uh, and then the sacraments that they do hold, obviously the sacred scriptures and so on, there's a great deal of truths in other Christian churches, and even other religions have, have elements of truth in them as well. So when we say the Catholic Church has the fullness of truth and means of salvation, it's not to imply that it has an exclusive hold on the truth, rather saying that it has the fullness of truth. That's, that's where you look to find the, the, the fullness of truth without error. And that sort of leads us up to where we left off last time. Uh, when we finished last time, I mentioned how... Uh, Ultimately, we are Catholics because Catholicism is true. However, there's a question that can be asked, so what? So Catholicism is true. So what? Somebody can say. For instance, uh, and I had to look this up, I didn't know at least one of these, uh, the atomic weight of plutonium is 244, and the square root of 121 is 11. Uh, those are both true things. However, somebody like myself, could rightly say, so what? How are those truths significant to me? What do they matter to me? What difference do they make to me, to my life? How are they relevant for me? The fact that plutonium has an atomic weight of 244, frankly, doesn't really matter a whole heck of a lot to me. Now, it might to some. Um, uh, I suppose, well, obviously, those responsible for, well, I don't know if plutonium is used for nuclear power. Uh, or well, I, I, perhaps for uh, those who who make a, a, or nuclear weapons, it might be relevant. But probably for ninety nine percent of people, it really doesn't matter that the atomic weight of plutonium is two hundred and forty four, and the fact that the square root of one hundred twenty one is eleven probably matters to just a f slightly fewer amount of people. Um, 
or slightly greater amount of people. Again, I don't think too many of us are concerned about what the square root of 121 is. They're truths, but they really don't matter that too much uh, to me, or and I think probably to you, the typical listener as well. So maybe the same thing's true about Catholicism, about the Catholic Church. Maybe Catholicism is true. Maybe the, maybe the Catholic Church is the truth, is the church which Jesus established and therefore has the fullness of truth and means of salvation. So what? What does that matter? How do we respond to that question? How do we, when, when we present somebody with the truth about the Catholic Church, what happens when they, when they respond, so what? Because frankly, I think that probably that's, going to be the response that's more common uh, among people. Um, oh, that's interesting. Or, oh, well, that's okay. Well, that's what you think. Uh, um, that's not my take, but really, even even if you're right, that doesn't really matter. What's the difference? I think that probably we, that's an attitude that we're more likely to find than a, a, a really strong no way. A really strong negative answer. Obviously, there are people who are going to disagree and will disagree strongly with this assertion that Catholicism has the fullness of truth and means of salvation. But I think that there are you're going to find more people who are somewhat indifferent to the assertion that Catholicism has the fullness of truth and means of salvation. So, how do we respond to that indifference? Um, to that question, well, what does that matter? If that even if that is true, what does it matter to me? One, I think one answer that we might be quick to give is to say, well, don't you want to get to heaven? Um, however, uh, I, I think that probably most listeners are aware of the fact that the Catholic Church doesn't teach and never has formally taught that you have to actually be a member of the Catholic Church to get to heaven. Uh, salvation is open, meaning available to all people. Now, that's not to see that everybody will be saved. Uh, we, we simply have no way of knowing that. The Catholic Church does not assert that everybody will go to heaven. Um, the, point of, the point is that salvation is a possibility for everybody who lives. Nobody is excluded from the, the, the possibility of heaven. The Catholic Church says that salvation is possible for everyone, even atheists. This might surprise some people. Uh, salvation is possible just for fellow Christians, um, or those who practice some explicit faith, Judaism, um, or religion, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, etc. The Catholic Church teaches that salvation is possible for everybody, even an atheist. And we'll get into how that might be at some point in the future, but nonetheless, that is the Church teaching. You can look it up in the Catechism. I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't have the, uh, the reference to the Catechism right on hand, but you can also find it in the documents of Vatican II. The, the Dogmatic Constitution on the Church, the Latin, which has as a Latin title Lumen Gentium, uh, teaches, I believe in Article 16, that salvation is a possibility even for those who deny God's existence. And again, we'll, we'll explore why and how that can be at some point in, in a future episode. But for now, it's enough to say that that is the Catholic teaching. In other words, you do not, well, again, you do not have to be Catholic to go to heaven. So, why be Catholic? I mean, especially if this religion thing 
is about getting to heaven. And if the Catholic Church says that you don't have to be Catholic to go to heaven, really, that makes it even that much sharper, doesn't it? Why be Catholic then? Okay, Even if the Catholic Church is the fullness of truth and means of salvation, why be Catholic if you don't need to have the fullness of truth and means of salvation? I, I, I'm, I hopefully you see the, the, not the dilemma, but the challenge. Um, even if the church is, tr- is right about what it says, as it is, that it is the fullness of truth and means of salvation, if you don't need to be Catholic to go to heaven, then what does it matter if the Catholic church has the fullness of truth and means of salvation? So how do we respond to that? How do we respond to, again, that so what? What does it matter, especially if you don't need to be Catholic to, to go to heaven, to be saved? And there are a few answers that we can give uh, that I want to uh, bring up before we focus on one in particular. Uh, first of all, it can the Catholic one response that we could make as Catholics is that you have a greater likelihood of salvation if you are Catholic. Again, the Catholic Church has the fullness of truth and means of salvation. I've said it already probably at least half a dozen times in this episode and said it numerous times last time, uh, but, but that gets to the heart of it. The Church is, has the fullness of the truth. So if you're really interested in eternal life, if you're really interested in salvation, why would you settle for anything less than the fullness of truth? Why, why wouldn't you desire uh, the fullness of the means of salvation? to increase the likelihood of your salvation, okay? This, of course, this all comes, I mean, Jesus Christ died for us. Uh, He offers salvation freely to us. But we still struggle with sinfulness, and and, and we seek by by Christ's grace to grow in sinful, or to grow in holiness, excuse me, not in sinfulness, to hopefully uh, grow in holiness. And we have that constant struggle uh, as we seek to put off the old man, and put on the new man in Christ. So if we know that the Catholic Church is funded is the one founded by Christ and has the fullness of his teachings, why would we settle for something else? Okay? Another response would be uh, if we truly love God, you know, love God and love your neighbor, the two greatest commandments. If we truly loved God, why would we respond with indifference? Okay, if the Catholic Church is the fullness of truth and means of salvation, God offers that to us as a gift, and is the response, well, that's nice, but I don't need it. Is that a loving response? And to some degree, I think, in fact, it, we're treating God sort of sloppily or poorly. Okay, Lord, I, I know that the Catholic Church is your church, the church that you established, that Jesus, your son, established, but I don't want to go that way. I'm not going to follow that way. Is that a loving response? If we really really love God, is that the proper response? Uh, I don't think it is. Uh, also, the Catholic Church does teach that we are obliged to form our conscience properly and then to follow it. Okay, What's the relevance of that here? Well, there's only one category of person that the Catholic Church says will not be saved, and that is those who know in the depth of their heart that the Catholic Church is the true church, and they refuse for some reason to enter it. That's the only category of person that we can say in terms of a category that cannot be saved. Those who know that the church has the fullness of truth and means of salvation, those who know that the church is the one estab- the Catholic Church is the one established by Jesus and yet refuse to enter it. They are they they know what, what the truth is and they reject it completely and outright. They know it in the depths of their hearts and they reject it. To- totally. 
that category of person uh, cannot be saved. Now, I, now we can't identify that person. Um, we can't take a poll and find out who they are. We're just talking about uh, th- that type, that 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 possibility, that category of of thought, so to speak. Uh, those are the only ones who cannot be saved. Okay, so we're bound to follow our conscience. So if we know the church is the fullness of truth and means of salvation, we we are bound and obligated to enter it. But there's a larger point here that I want to focus more time on. A larger, uh, to me, one of the uh, most important and best answers to the question of so what with regard to the truth of Catholicism. And that is this. That which is true fulfills our deepest desires and longings. We as human beings are created God for truth. And more than that, and this points to how we go beyond the, the, the factual nature of the, the uh, atomic weight of plutonium, but it's a, rel- it's a relevance for us. More than that, we are created for ultimate truth. Okay, every, every one of us, every human being desires perfection. We desire ultimate happiness and fulfillment. We have in, a desire for infinite happiness. If you think about this, think about those times when you've really experienced uh, a profound sense of joy and contentment and peace. Uh, that's what I mean by happiness. I'm ta- happiness not in the happy, happy, joy, joy, you know, Barney sense of the term, but in the truer, deeper, most fulfilled sense of, of happiness. Beatitude is, is how we would speak of it as, as Christians. Uh, if you've ever experienced a moment of beatitude, of, of, of deep and profound contentment and joy, you know that you want, you want that to continue. We want to continue. We want to, to continually stay in that experience. We, we don't want it to end. We desire it more and more and more for a longer period of time and even more intensely. We, we, we want it more. In fact, we, our desire is an infinite desire. Our desire for happiness is an infinite desire. We, we continually want it in greater intensity and for greater periods of time. And, and whenever it stops, we desire it more. And that's just part of what it means to be human. That's what drives uh, even those, for instance, who have addictions. They, they, they have found uh, a false sense of happiness, but nonetheless, at a certain level, it seems uh, that what they're experiencing is, is happiness, and they want to have it more. And this is even true for those of us who maybe don't have a particular addiction, but uh, say the love that we have for our spouse. There are those times uh, for those who are married um, when when we have an experience of contentment in our in our marital relationship with our spouse, and we want that those moments to continue. And that's true for all people. There are always opportunities, there are always moments in our lives for virtually all of us, I would say, when we have a moment of, of that deep-seated contentment. And in every case, we want it to continue. We want more of it. Uh, we want it to last forever. Again, our desire for happiness, in, in the deepest sense of the term, our desire is an infinite one. This desire, then, can only be fulfilled by the truth. The truth, capital the, capital Truth, capital T, capital T in both cases. What is the truth? Well, really, the, the answer to that is not what is the truth, but who is the truth? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ referred, said that about himself that he is the, the, the truth, the way, 
Oh boy, it's slipping away from there me, there for a minute. Uh, but in, 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 in John's Gospels, I am the way, the truth, and the life was what our, our Lord said. So he is, he is the truth in the greatest sense of the term. What does that mean? That means that God alone des- fulfills our deepest desires and longings. Remember, nothing less than the infinite will do. Our desire is an infinite one. Nothing can satiate, nothing can satisfy our infinite desire, therefore, except for that which is infinite. And there is only thing, one thing which is infinite. The infinite is God. Okay? Finite things, by, their nat- by definition, by their nature as finite things, are insufficient for our infinite desire. Because they are finite, they cannot satisfy the infinite desire that we have for, for joy, for contentment, for happiness. Nothing finite can fulfill that desire. Again, even good things are not enough. Even, even things like the relationship between um, a man and a woman in marriage, or the relationship between a parent and a child, or between close friends— those are all good things that God uh, has, has given to us as gifts, but they are all ultimately insufficient for the deepest desires and longings of the human heart because they are all finite. If you think, that's why we have to both be so careful about creating false idols even out of good things. My wife, as, as wonderful and as beautiful as she is and as much as she means to me, cannot fulfill the infinite desire that I have. The, the, the infinite longing that I have for happiness because she is finite and the relationship that we have as husband and wife is finite. God alone can fulfill the desire that we have for happiness because he alone is infinite. Okay, we, I think m- many of you have probably heard uh, the, the phrase or, or whatever you might call it that we have a, a there's a there's a god shaped or a god sized hole in our hearts uh our in the depths of our being in our heart so to speak uh there is a place that only god can fulfill and that's what i'm saying here the the core of what it means to be human requires god god created us for him we are created by God for God. And ultimately, therefore, we need him to fulfill and perfect ourselves. We need him ultimately to fulfill the deepest longings of our heart. God alone can satisfy our deepest desires. So, where do we find him? If God and the truth that is God alone is sufficient to satisfy the, longings of, the deepest longings of our heart, where do we find him? We find him in his church. The church is the body of Christ. St. Paul especially made the comparison uh, or set up the analogy between Jesus and his church and, and the body, where Christ is the head and, and the rest of us are the members of the body. We, we constitute the rest of the body. It is in the body of Christ, the church, the community of believers that we find Christ and encounter him. It is, in the, it is in those who follow Jesus Christ, the disciples of Jesus Christ, that we find Christ and we encounter him because, again, that community of believers is his mystical body. So it is in his church and in his truths, as found in the church, that we encounter God. 
Okay. So Catholicism fulfills our deepest longings and desires because it is in the Catholic Church that we encounter that being which fulfills the deepest longings and desires of our heart. God. And it's particularly if we're focusing as Christians on his son, Jesus Christ. But all God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together. Jesus said that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Okay, it's not just about getting to heaven. Uh, we, we can't reduce what Christ came and why God created us and desires to save us. We can't reduce it to just getting to heaven. Obviously, that's of paramount importance. But it's also, we have to recognize the fact that God desires, he wants us to come get to heaven so that we can be truly happy in the deepest sense of the word. As I said, that profound joy and peace, contentment and fulfillment. That's what that's what it, it means to follow God, to follow Jesus Christ. That's what he wants for us, that we might have life and have it abundantly um, in, in, in fullness. This is a process that begins now, not in heaven, not just in heaven. This, this, this process of, of, of finding Christ and finding in him the, the answer to the deepest longings of our heart begins now on earth. Now, I'm not... We have to be honest at the same time. Christ also said that we all have to bear our crosses. This process of, of growing in, in, in holiness and therefore growing in beatitude and, and happiness and joy and so on is a painful one. And there are definitely growing pains. We, we can't pretend that it's not a difficult journey. And yet Jesus also said uh, that the burden is a light one and he will help us bear it. So we are called to take up our cross um, we, we cannot pre- delude ourselves as to the, dif- the, the, the nature of the path to Christ and to happiness. At the same time, he is there every step along the way to help us and to be with us and to bear that burden with us. He wants us to be truly, really, actually happy, content in the, in the greatest meaning and the fullness sense of those terms. And he offers to us the means to that happiness, including himself, in the Catholic Church. Ultimately, that's why we should be Catholic, because it's in the Catholic Church, it's by being Catholic, that we are most able to find the abundant life and the salvation that comes with it. Because it is in the Catholic Church that we find Jesus Christ in the fullness of who he is and what he taught. Now, I I want to close with a, a, a brief discussion about oh, the church's moral teaching, I guess is the best way to look at that. The Catholic Church's moral teachings, because we're talking about this happiness, and I think a lot of people, when they think about the Catholic Church's moral teachings, they're like, well, that's not the way to be happy. I mean, if I want to be happy, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. What the church says is a bunch of don't do X, Y, and Z, it seems. It, it seems that happiness doesn't come from what the church says. Um, it seems like the church says you have to be miserable on this life by living uh, a, a difficult life trying to be good so that you can have that happiness in heaven. That's not the case. The church's moral teachings are not restrictions that are somehow arbitrarily imposed on us by an authoritarian church. Rather, the, Catholic, the church's moral teachings are the means to perfect our nature. They are literally the manufacturer's manual to being human. 
think about us, God created us, and if the Catholic Church is the place where we find God's truth, then we should look to the Church's teaching to know what the Creator intended for us as human beings. If you think about, compare it to your to to a car. If you're if you want your car to run right, to run smoothly, to quote unquote be happy, then you treat it in accord with the manufacturer's intention. Okay, you you change the oil regularly. You use the proper gasoline. Uh, you 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 keep it. Uh, according to what the, the the specifications of the manufacturer's manual. Okay, the same thing is true with us as human beings. If we want to be truly happy, we need to live according to the plan which our manufacturer set out set out, and that is what what is given to us in the moral teachings of the Catholic Church. The Church's moral teachings are not about "thou shalt not." It's rather, if you want to begin the process of becoming perfectly happy. This is the way you go about it. This is how you should live. Again, it's about living life to the fullest, living life abundantly. Morality is not about a series of arbitrary thou shalt nots. It's about the guidebook to living our lives to the fullness. Living our lives, as I said, as, a, as the beginning of the process, which begins now to being truly happy. If you look at somebody who completely lets go in terms of... of uh, following any sense of right and wrong. Uh, again, maybe the, the, the drug addict would be an example of that. They're doing, in a sense, what they want to, but they're not happy. I mean, they might tell you at times that they're happy, oh, the, you know, the high I get is, is great. But, but we all know from seeing the effects of, of drug addiction, for instance, that that doesn't lead to happiness. Okay? That's what living the virtuous life, the, the, the life, a life lived according to the church's moral teachings is about. It's about living that abundant life as opposed to a life um, that leads us away from the, from the fullness of peace and joy and contentment, which is offered to us. And I think that's something that I, I'll probably be repeating again because I think uh, people have that misunderstanding. Catholics in particular have that misunderstanding about the church's moral teachings, that they're that there's something that the church tells us to do and we have to do it even though we'll be miserable. No, that's not the case. When we begin to live out that life of happiness or that life of virtue, live a life according to the church's moral teachings, we'll see that it does give us a greater sense of peace and joy and so on. And you see that in the saints. Uh, the saints are those who lived the virtuous life, lived the life uh, according to the church's moral teaching. And they are the happiest people, the most joyous people who have lived and who will live. And I think we have to remember that when we think about, when we think about, and then if we're catechists, when we teach the church's morality to others, that this is about the means to perfection and therefore the means to beatitude, to happiness. It's not about you can't do this and you have to be miserable now during this life so you can be happy in heaven. No, no, it begins now as we go through the process of, of growing and living the virtuous life. So thank you for, uh, for listening to this episode. Um, if you, again, if you have any questions, don't, don't hesitate to contact me. Again, my email address is cbergwald, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D, at sfcatholic.org. And you can also reach me by phone at 605-988-3763. Thank you, and God bless you.